Welcome to Questions from the Closet. I'm Ben Shalati. And I'm Charlie Bird. Each episode, we discuss a question we commonly get asked as LGBTQ plus Latter-day Saints. We're not trying to answer this question or come to a consensus, but simply sharing our perspectives. Today's question is, what happens when you fall in love? Ben and I are not terribly diverse, and we share many opinions and life experiences. For example, we have both lost talent shows. However, there are some pretty big differences. For example, I lost my high school talent show, and Charlie lost America's Got Talent. <laughs> so... Tell me about your high school talent show. <laughs> okay, so I went to Everett High School in Everett, Washington, and uh, we have this thing called Mr. EHS, like mm-hmm. Mr. Everett High School, and I lost three years in a row. What was your talent? Uh, one year, I got a bunch of my friends together, and we did like a hat and cane dance, like, you know, like, it was great. <laughs> it was really good. And the next year- and it wasn't good enough to win. And the next year, I swing, swing danced, sw- swung danced with a friend. And we did great. I got like second runner up or third okay, runner up or something. Good. Then the next year, my senior year, we made my friends and I made a video, and it did not win. Was there a swimsuit competition? There was not. Mm, Definitely tough. not. So Charlie, you lost America's Got Talent. I I lost America's Got Talent. I've actually never spoken about this. Oh. Um. Because it was so embarrassing. It was actually really embarrassing. Were you on TV? No, it didn't even make it that far. So I got called, and I, it was as the mascot, so as Cosmo. Can you really lose if you didn't make it to TV? <laughs> It felt like a loss to me. Let me tell you why. Okay. Four buzzers. You know how they like, like everyone buzzed us. I don't know how that works. Okay. So I got a call from a producer from America's Got Talent. And this was when Cosmo's videos were going super viral. And she was like, we'd love to have you on. So we like worked it out with the school. It took a while. They flew us down to LA. We spent a couple days there. I went with two backup dancers and like we performed. And well, first of all, they had us. I was backstage for 12 hours in the suit. They're like, you might be on next. Just be ready. Just be ready. And I'm like hyperventilating there. Yeah. So I was really tired. It was a long day. We were hungry. Our performance was like fine. Like Obviously. It, it should have been a lot better, but we were tired. Simon was six hours late. Whoa. Apparently he had a problem with his Porsche. Ugh. I um, can relate. But yeah, like we started dancing and they can buzz you if you're bad. And they buzzed <laughs> us so fast. And then Heidi Klum was really mean. And then Simon was like, I'm not going to try to copy his accent because I'll just look dumb. But he was like, Mm -hmm. this seems like it would be like really good for a college halftime show, but like not for America's Got Talent. (laughs) And we're like, we are a a college halftime show. And they're like, we don't know why the producer sent you. And then they just sent us home. Oh. Yeah, it was awful. That's very embarrassing. Backstage, Tyra Banks was the host. Oh, wow. And, uh, And you met her. I met her. Yeah, I met a lot of people. But I took off the... The mask, you finally. Were, you were without the mask. I was without the mask. And Tyra was like, oh, I didn't know you were so handsome under there. And I was like, Tyra, <laughs> thank you. So she she kind of made my day. I wish I could tell you about the time that Tyra Banks complimented me, but it has not happened yet. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I swore I would never talk about that because it was so embarrassing. Which actually is kind of a theme for this podcast. Things that I don't want to talk about. <laughs> right. So, Charlie, you picked the question for today. Tell us why you picked the question. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I'm. I guess just a little bit background, some preface. I'm. I'm really nervous for this episode, um, which you know I have like the jitters the yeah. whole time we've been. You were it. nervous dancing, and you gave yourself a pep talk <laughs> in the bathroom mirror. Okay. You don't need to say everything that's embarrassing about me. Yeah, so I, I, we've kind of talked about this before, how I feel like sometimes if if I'm too uncomfortable or like my life is too messy, then it shuts people down. Mm-hmm. Um, and Like people are too uncomfortable to engage. Yeah, like, like they just like back off or change the subject. And, and I think in our Is There a Place for Me in the Church episode, we talked a lot about like, feeling like we have to present our emotions and whatever mess is in our lives in a way that's really palatable mm-hmm. in order for it to like change hearts. And, and that's something I've been thinking about with this. And, and it really scares me because, um, that like, I'm going to share some pretty vulnerable things in this episode and I don't really know what the outcome's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, we promised a big season opener, <laughs> did not think it would <laughs> be this. We didn't even have this planned until a couple days ago. And, uh, and here we are. But yeah, um, the reason I was passionate about this question and this wording of the question in particular is because a few years ago, it was right after I had come out. Do you remember that um, fireside we did in, I think it was like Rexburg or something? It was in Idaho Falls. And I remember because I was invited to do it. And then I said, hey, can I bring along my friend Charlie? Yeah. Um, It was an awesome experience. And we honestly, we did a really good job. We did a great job. It was Mm -hmm. like, we were just like throwing it down. 
and we gave a really pretty presentation and there was a question and answer afterwards. Um, and I just felt so with it, right? I was like, I'm out. I'm proud of myself. I am confident and I'm answering these questions. And I like, I felt like really useful. Mm-hmm. And the last question was this really sweet, um, older lady. And, and she has a gay son. Oh, I, I don't remember who she is. Mm-hmm. Um, she was, she started crying and her voice cracked as she asked this question. She said, this is all great. And, and I've loved being here, but what happens when you fall in love? And I remember you had like a great answer for it. You're like, well, I've fallen in love before <laughs> and it didn't work out. Here's my story. I, I fell in love with two guys. And they both <laughs> rejected me. <laughs> and I heard that question and it caught me completely off guard. And I remember sitting there and I just kind of like flushed cause I didn't really know what to say. Mm. And, um, I, I, I remember saying something along the lines of like, well, you know, I, there's never been a roadmap for me. There's not a roadmap for someone like me. So the best I could do is, is pray about it and, um, you know, like receive revelation, do the best I can and cross that bridge when I get there. Um, but I just remember feeling so caught off guard by her question because I felt like I had so much figured out. And then all of a sudden it was just like, mm, gotcha. So she like, she opened, she showed where you were vulnerable. Yeah, she showed where I was vulnerable. And kind of like in that period of my life, I was trying to figure out what to do. I was living in New York and I was toying with the idea of getting a master's and something like social worky, mental health related. So I could like actually know what I was talking about when I like spoke of these things. Um, And actually my decision to go back to BYU was because of me. It wasn't because of you, but like the idea was planted because of I was you, like, for sure. I am finishing this master's in social work program at BYU. It is so good. You should do it. Yeah. And, and it was, it was nice. I like, I had a couple of colleges that I was thinking about. Um, but then I had actually hadn't even thought to go back to BYU because just, I was gay. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but you said that and told me about the program and it felt like it would be a good fit. So I started praying and, um, I ended up having a really, really strong, just like, like life opening moment where I just felt so passionate and so right about coming back to BYU. Mm -hmm. So I know when you were in New York, you were dating guys Mm -hmm. and then you were making this choice to come back to BYU as you were thinking about your dating life. How were you, how did that affect your decision to come back? Um, yeah, I was obviously praying about that too and I hadn't fallen in love. Um, and so I didn't really, honestly, dating was hard. It was confusing And I just kind of got to this point where I was like, this isn't where I need to be. Like it was for a while, like being in New York dating, that was like what I was supposed to learn. But I just felt like a chapter closed there. And I was really okay to not date and not for any like moral reason or anything. I was just like, you know what? Like the next chapter in my life involves advocacy and just like focusing on that. It almost felt like a a call to a mission, Mm -hmm. like I am going to like put myself second so I can like focus on a bigger cause. And, and again, like I, I came to BYU and one, one of the, so what you're saying, like basically the honor code, like you can't date if you're a BYU. Mm-hmm. No same sex romantic behavior. Yeah. And, and I knew that going in and I made that decision really um, intentionally mm-hmm. and I felt really good about it. I was like, you know what? This is where I need to be. When I came out, one of the the goals I made was to do everything I'd always been too afraid to do. Mm-hmm. And cheering was one of those things. I thought people would think I was gay if I was a cheerleader. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just like, I'm the gay cheerleader. <laughs> and I, it was like a cool way to like reclaim that undergrad experience. Yeah. And all of those like moments that were kind of like, like amazing and beautiful, but I guess like, shadowed a little bit because I was in the closet. Like I wanted to have a second go at that. So like coming back to BYU, but like getting to do all the things that you hadn't been able to do when you were an undergrad. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So and like, like being out, being a cheerleader. Yeah. And paying more tuition. Than <laughs> master student. Well, actually, I actually have full tuition. What? Yeah. I pay, I paid full tuition. I'm, I'm an athlete. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> I was just my... a nobody. <laughs> I was like, here's all my money that I saved up from grad school. But yeah, it, w- it was really cool to like have that experience out, um, as opposed to in. Um, and I, I came back to this, like this freedom and this like self assurance and courage that I hadn't really had before just because people knew 
more about me. Like I could be more of my authentic self. Yeah. And that was really, really a freeing experience. You know, I had a very similar experience when I came back to do uh, my master's in social work because when I'd been at BYU, I was also in the closet. And it was, it was so awesome just like come back and be like, okay, I'm gay. I'm not going to hide it. And just like be me. And it was such a beautiful experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. And I'm like such a huge advocate for coming out. It's it just it's so much better. Anyway, so it was supposed to be that way for two years. And this is where the story gets <laughs> messy. So then what happened? <laughs> um, in the same way that that lady's question caught me off guard, um, life caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. And I met someone who was different than anybody I've ever met before. And um, I had to confront the thing that I've been putting off. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that was scary. Yeah. Or exciting. Yeah. Well, put words to the emotion. I, right now, I just feel nervous. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so, Charlie, it sounds like you fell in love with somebody. I mean, it didn't start that way. Um, we met very organically, um, super unexpected. And I, like I said, I wasn't planning on dating at all. Like that wasn't even a thought in my mind. So you weren't like actively dating or? No, no, not at all. And um, neither was he. He was like in a space in his life where he wasn't trying to date. Um, and yes, it is a guy. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> And, um, but, but yeah, we, we met and just like a very natural progression of like getting to know each other, becoming friends and having our friend groups start mixing. And, and before we knew it, like we were just so much part of each other's lives, um, and started like developing some really strong, um, feelings for each other yeah so you, you were saying that you you started out saying i'm not going to date i'm just going to go to byu mm-hmm. and then unexpectedly you you fell for somebody who fell for you back yeah yeah what, what is that experience like um i don't know if I, I i don't know if it's much different than anybody else ever falling in love um if you're not looking for it you know it's not like i was swiping on mutual <laughs> i guess <laughs> they don't, there's not they don't have the same <laughs> But yeah, it just kind of like dropped into my life and, and fit in a way that I was never anticipating before. And I had dated people and had like these really like freeing, um, like learning experiences with different people. Um, but something about Ryan was so much, his name's Ryan. Um, something about him was so much deeper than that. And um, I, I guess just for some context in my life at, at this time, I had written my book. I was out publicly. We were doing the podcast and, um, and, and had been for a while. Like I was like, this is not too long ago, right? Yeah, like I'm, people knew who people Charlie knew, Bird was. knew who I was. And I was in this space where I felt so misunderstood all the time. And, and I still do honestly, like, and that that's part of the reason I'm so afraid to, to be sharing this because for the past few years of my life, people, I'm not really talked about like I'm a person. I'm like discussed as an, an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, like you represent this thing. Right. And, and, and I understand and I kind of foresaw some of that coming, but it just, it just has increasingly felt like people take pieces of me and use them to validate their own beliefs or their own frustrations. And I, some, I kind of feel like a chess piece sometimes where they just like, try to use me to argue different points. And, and this was a piece of you that you didn't want people to use. Well, yes, but like even, even more general than that, it was just really difficult because I was feeling like only very few people really saw me for me mm-hmm. and understood who I was and weren't trying to use me in their own way. And Ryan just immediately was like that. Like there was just something about him that understood me. And didn't categorize me and just let me be me. And like every part of me, um, the gay part of me, the spiritual part of me, the fun part of me, the slightly neurotic part of me. <laughs> and and all of that was just like, I didn't, I wasn't fragmented. And I think that's really why we started um, like vibing so well, I guess. 
And then our friend groups just merged. It was just natural, organic. Yeah, you're, you're just naturally, your lives just fit together. Yeah. And it, it sounds like this was a time in your life when the increasing popularity, if you will, <laughs> was wearing on you. Mm-hmm. And this was someone who didn't care about that. Well, you, you said that our lives fit together. And yes, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is there something wrong? There was. <laughs> what, um, what's wrong? Um. Well, the obvious problem was I was a BYU student, but again, like the reason that lady's question in that story about the fireside is so relevant, I feel to this, it's just because it caught me so off guard and it opened up this, this realm that I hadn't, like I'd thought about, but only very practically, only in, um, like imagination, Mm -hmm. but the way it hit me was, was so much different than I anticipated. Mm. So you just didn't really know how to respond because it wasn't something that was planned or even that you could have prepared for. Yeah, and and obviously it's something I wanted because um, I, I felt safe with this person and I felt known by this person. Um, and you you can't stop love, uh-huh. right? And and that's what it was turning into. Um, and yeah, so like there was like a lot of moments of wrestle within that. Yeah, it sounds like this thing that you wanted was also something terrifying. Mm. Or at least in context, it was terrifying. In context, it was terrifying. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and just like I had said, like, I was praying, right? I um, and, and both of us, Ryan and I both started turning to those things that we've always looked to for answers, um, reading the scriptures, attending church, um, going to the temple, and like really trying to figure out what to do in this space that was unexpected for both of us. Yeah. So as you were praying and pondering and fasting and attending the temple, what answers were you looking for? I was looking for an answer of what should I do with this person? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, what do I do with you? And that, that, that's pretty much it. Yeah. And what did you feel? That I should figure it out. It, it, it was strange. Like God, God, like I felt strongly that he was like prepared to be in my life, but I didn't, feel like like what to do with him it was just like this is for you this is for you and I just felt like an honor of agency I guess from God and I was like really (laughs) that's so much more difficult because like I I was and and am and probably always will be at the point where like or or hope to always be at the point where if if God tells me something like I'll just do it right Mm -hmm. and if I had like this strong feeling like Mm, cut, cut him out of your life. Like he's not going to serve you. Then like, I, I feel super confident that I would have, but I felt like this, almost like this invitation to step into this limbo, this ambiguous space. And that there was something I needed to learn and, um, that that's where I needed to be. Mm-hmm. So you were completely ready to do whatever God's will was. And God wasn't saying do this or this or this, but Charlie, it's up to you to figure this out right now. Yeah. And <laughs> actually it was kind of frustrating because I was like, God, like, just give it to me straight, like, or give gay. it to me gay. <laughs> <laughs> just like, e- either say like, like, be like, peace out, Ryan. I made these commitments. I got to stick to them. Or to say, choose Ryan. Like, like I wanted, and and it's actually funny looking back because I always wanted this. Like, like my whole thing's been like, I'm not one or the other. Like, I'm not gay or a child of God. I'm not gay or religious. I'm both. But like in this moment I wanted God to just like give me the answer and tell me which one to pick because it would have made everything so much easier. Mm-hmm. So it's been hard. Yeah. And though it's also been really like the, this was a confusing time for me, but it wasn't like, it was also a sacred time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, like that's one of those things. I don't know if that's going to be off putting to people, but like falling in love, like, I never thought I would get that. And like, I, I couldn't have imagined that there was somebody that could know me and want me mm-hmm. and like, like to feel, I, I don't know how to explain it. Like it, it was like everything that I thought was horrible and forbidden and wrong suddenly was like healing these parts of my heart that I didn't know were broken. And like, like warming these parts of my soul that had just been so frozen. And so, oh gosh, it was, it was, it was beautiful. 
And like, I, I felt human and I felt godly and I felt if there was just a power there that that you getting emotional no this is really beautiful (laughs) and i didn't expect it like i I didn't see it coming i mean charlie you're my friend like if you're happy and thrilled and experiencing something sacred like i'm just thrilled for you and like like i said i didn't know what to do because i'm like what am i supposed to do like i'm i'm the gay cosmo i'm on the cover of lds living i'm the i'm the man who wrote a book and um, and, and I'd like been very careful in everything I've ever said to not like say what my life's going to end up looking like. Yeah. Cause, cause I was open to really anything. Like I said, like whatever God says, like that's what I'm going to be doing. And I didn't know what that was, but then I'm in this situation where I'm like, I'm at BYU, my education's on the line, my athletic career, my scholarships, my reputation, my book deal, like all of these things just started like building up on me in this space that like i guess for everyone else is can like just be pure it was like this purity under like a really really heavy weight yeah and and i i was aware of what was happening i was very concerned like i was concerned that there all these repercussions would happen and sometimes we would talk about this and you would say i just feel like i need to move forward with this and and i feel like this is the right thing and i was like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna trust you yeah yeah and and part of that like for me was just um, coupled by just a really strong resolve to be worthy, to to do those things I was saying, to like attend church. And, and me and Ryan are in the same ward, and so we like go together. And that was kind of weird, but it was cool. And um, I would go to the temple and just like... What, what did your ward members think of you attending church with Ryan? Um, I, I mean, nobody knew that we were... Nobody knew what we felt for each other. So you were keeping this a secret from everybody? Um, no. and And in fact... A lot of people knew, and a lot of people do know. I'd handled my orientation alone before, like when I was in the closet. And I was like, I'm not going to do that anymore. And like I'd handled dating before without really talking about it with like friends and family. And it like was not great. Um, So I was super open, like with my brother, with my sisters, with my parents, with you, um, even with local church leaders. I was like, hey, this is the situation. This is what we're trying to figure out. But like on like a, a public scale, yeah, like I totally kept it a secret. Mm-hmm. So how does it feel like right now to have the secret and then to, and then to just like air it out? Mm. Well, that's why I've been nervous. And that's why I felt so anxious about recording this episode. Because um, like I had really good reasons for not talking about this. So there are all these external pressures from the institution, from people looking at you. Yeah. What kind of pressure were you feeling yourself? Hmm. Um, mostly those external pressures. And, you know, as I've like come to know myself and how I cope with, with things, um, I'm seeing that like even from the time when I was a little kid, I realized that like there was something in me that everybody else viewed as wrong and um, that I was scared of people seeing, right? I was scared of being gay. I was scared of being made fun of for gay. And like growing up, I was, people would be like, um, like Charlie's like a faggot, you know? And I'd like hear that. And so people said that to you. Yeah. Like I, I grew up in a high school in Missouri, like, and, and I'm me. I I can, I can relate to high school in Missouri, obviously. (laughs) Well, and and it's not, and and so like, and, and I've talked about this a lot about like learning how to hide parts of myself that are too feminine and hide anything that can be like viewed as gay, even as like a pop diva loving dancing cheerleader. <laughs> like I, I tempered a lot of that personality in me. And looking back, like my my main coping mechanism was to just become perfect. Because in my heart, I was like, if I'm perfect, then nothing they say can hurt me. Like a success is the best revenge kind of thing. Yeah. And and like if I'm so good at so many things, then like they shoot their arrow at me and I'm just like, it just bounces off my armor because there's not a vulnerable spot. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of got into this like habit, this coping mechanism of just never being vulnerable and just like, um, like armoring myself with just perfection. Yeah. Which seems odd to me because I feel like in your book on the podcast, you're super vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, and that's something like I learned. Um, and something that, that I had to learn, it was really hard for me at first. 
Um, but I think that relates to this because even though I was being vulnerable on the podcast, I wasn't talking about this because everything I've always talked about is stuff that I feel really good about, right? Like, like everything in my book, I still like nothing changes in my book. And, and I imagine for the rest of my life, what I wrote there will be solid because I felt so assured in it. And I was like, okay, now I can give this to the world because there it is. Um, so that's how I generally operate. And also like in this space of being a public figure, like a public advocate in the LDS LGBTQ realm, like Latter-day Saint Charlie, we don't say LDS. Okay. Latter-day Saint realm, like the, the amount of perfection exacted by the communities is colossal. Right. And so like, I just always feel scrutinized. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like, no one wants to listen to a mess. And so I'm just like, I, I have to look a certain way in order to be heard. Did you feel like you were a mess during this time? <laughs> I don't know. Am, or, I, or these people, am I a mess now? I mean, it depends on no, your definition like, of mess. But, but I just... <sighs> but people would have seen you as being... Because I don't think people would be like, oh, Charlie, he fell in love with Ryan. He's such a mess. I think people would be like, oh, Charlie fell in love with Ryan. He's such a hypocrite. Right. Yeah. And that's not really, that's not, that's not uh, a mess. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> well, I'm, just, I'm just voicing what I feel like people would say. No, no, no. I feel like that's true. Um, but, but yeah, like, like people love a gay Latter-day Saint until they're actually gay. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I've seen this happen hundreds of times with people who have had stories of, of hope and faith and healing. And then as soon as they meet someone and fall in love, they're just like banished. Like mm-hmm. their, their platform is ripped. They're viewed as um, sinful, wrong. And just nobody listens. It's like their testimony is is invalidated by that. So you were hiding to stay credible. <sighs> yes. And I just didn't know. Like there's there was just so much I didn't know. And and I was just scared. I was really scared. And and it was all external pressures mm-hmm. that just that just terrified me. And so I felt like I felt like there wasn't I felt trapped. Like I felt so, so trapped and it was hard because like I trapped this other person with me and that sucked because like just watching him have to step into the space with me where I'm like, I'm, I'm choking and I have to choke. I'm choked by my environment right now. And I didn't know I was walking into this. Um, and he said, then I'll, like he, he voluntarily stepped into that cage with me, but I was like, great. Like now this person that, that I love who is supposed to be free is also in a cage. Well, Charlie, you know, I, I saw this kind of like build up as we would talk about it as, as, as time passed. And, and he was like, I don't know what to do. I feel trapped. And you would, you would share these feelings. And in my head, I would think, and this might sound, be me sound like, sound like a jerk, but I would think, well, just break up. Yeah. Just let this relationship go. Why didn't you? Well, I thought about it a lot, but it's really easy to tell someone to break up when you're not the one in the relationship, mm-hmm. right? It's it's really easy to say, well, there's a bunch of issues with this. So like um, logically, if we do like a weighted factor analysis and a pro and con, like definitely this would be best. But like this isn't a this isn't a pro and con. This is yeah, like like I don't know. I didn't know how love worked and that's <laughs> not how it works. It's just like. Yeah. And you, I remember you'd be like, this is hard. I don't know what to do. And in my head, I'd be like, just let it go. And then, uh, and then I'd say, well, what do you feel like you should do? And you're like, I feel like I should keep moving forward. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I feel like I've got the answer to Charlie's problems, but I'm going to just let him move forward because I trust him. Yeah. And, and honestly, I'm so glad that you did that because it. first of all, it was really good for our relationship. Cause if like, if you would have been like harping on it and like, noting all the things I was doing wrong, like that would have been really bad for us. Cause I think the only time we've like actually had a fight was about Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> um, and, and but, I texted you and apologize. <laughs> thank and then you. We were fine. <laughs> um, and at the same time though, like that helped me build confidence that I could actually figure it out. Cause I, I felt like I was like walking into this, like this hallway that kept getting smaller and like feeling like I'd figure it out eventually. But like, wow, I hope there's a trap door. Honestly, Charlie, it was difficult for me to watch this happen because I saw that it was hard on you and wearing on you and causing you a lot of stress. 
Yeah, and 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 it's it's interesting, like in hindsight, how this has gone so in line with the way I am, which shouldn't be interesting, but just like I'm thinking about like you how, get yourself into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but just like how I created these, like I, I'm I'm creative, and and I can lie to myself better than anybody, mm-hmm. and like I mean. When I was in high school, like I literally convinced myself I was straight, right? Um, and and I'm really good at like thinking of like these creative ways to like not call a spade a spade. Um, and and I was doing that. And looking back, I, I see like all the ways I was like excusing myself or trying to like talk out, uh, talk myself out of the situation, or that I was actually in this like high hallway that was um, shrinking. Um, but there were like a couple moments that made me like have to look at myself and be like, oh my gosh, I'm dating someone. Mm-hmm. What were those moments? Um, yeah. Um, one, one of the first ones was when my best friend got married. But can I stop you for a second? So you're yeah. saying like you realized you were dating. Did you not know you were dating the whole time? I mean, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like I, I was trying to explain it away. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, I guess technically I was, but I was just trying to like be not technical about it. So you didn't realize you were dating somebody. I, I don't know if I even have a good answer for that, but I think I was just like trying to say anything to myself that I could to make where I was breathable. Mm-hmm. Cause it just felt so, so suffocating. And, and I didn't want to be seen as a hypocrite. I didn't want to lose people's trust or to like give up my influence for good. And, and like I said, like I felt that if I let people know what was actually happening, then I just would have been rejected. You were like Sharpay from High School Musical three. You wanted it all. I don't. I don't think I've seen High School Musical three. Oh well, that's a but song. I am like her from High School Musical two when she has the towels imported from Turkey. Oh yeah, uh-huh. the turkey imported from Maine. Yes, that's that's a better fabulous. reference. Great. Uh, so, <laughs> so what were those moments? What moments? Oh, when you realized, like, shoot, I'm dating somebody. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So th- the first one was actually when my best friend got married. And I didn't get married. <laughs> my other best friend, Ben. Um, and I was really involved with the wedding. And um, weddings have always been a little bit difficult to attend um, just because of like the eternal marriage versus me. <laughs> like, hey, there, there's so many chairs hi. to put up and then take down. <laughs> but but no, I, I, I went to the ceiling and I, I was in there. And, and I mean, these are two people that I love and I've known for like basically mo- like all of my adult life and and I was so thrilled they were getting married and I'm in the ceiling room in the front row and it's just awesome like I was so happy and it was coupled by this just like horrible emptiness and pain mm-hmm. because I'm watching these people who I love who are in love like make these beautiful promises and have this like opportunity to have this like sacred sanctified relationship. And the whole time I'm just thinking like, I want this, I want this so bad. And, and like before, like that had happened to me before, but it had been like, I want this as an idea, but I didn't know what it felt like to like have love. Like I was saying, and this was different than other weddings because you, you knew who you wanted to have that, that moment with like that experience with. Yeah. Yeah. And it like, it knocked me out around that time. Um, Ryan moved just like from apartment to apartment. His lease was up and, um, he spent a couple days moving things in and I had some time off. So I was helping him move as much as possible. And, um, we, we took the final load up and we were just like organizing things like shifting around the apartment and when we were finally done, we were really tired and we just like both sat on the bed, just like almost like a movie. We were just like, <laughs> <laughs> I know those things. <laughs> yeah. And we sat there and I started I, like I wept. I just started sobbing with him right there. Mm-hmm. And it was because 
it felt so like I wanted that. Like I, I was moving him into his new place to live with his roommate. And I lived at my place with my brother and his friends. And it just like hit me in this, this weird way that like we're 28 years old and we have to be separated because of who we are. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd seen my, my best friend fall in love and then they, they could like make a union and, and, and join together and start a life and, and be in a new place. And then we were, it was just so overt to me that we couldn't have that. And, and just like the, the pure emotion of like having that love stare me in the face from my own self. I was just like, I can't, I can't lie about what this is anymore, about how I feel anymore. Like, phew. yeah, it just like all became super real. Yeah. And so then what happened? Then I felt really guilty. Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. Because I mean, this whole time I'm, I'm carrying these. <laughs> you're, you're like, I want this thing, but I can't have it, yeah, but I like, want it. Like, also I'm, like, I'm lying to everybody. I, right. Like, like I, I think I realized that. And like, as I noticed how deeply I was in love, I was like, Oh my God gosh, what have I done? Because mm-hmm. I like hit the end of that hallway. I was like, I'm violating the honor code, which is something I had like had and have mixed feelings about. Right. And, but I, there was just always like this loophole to make it okay. You did have a beard last summer. Yeah. I looked good. I mean, mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I was like, Oh my gosh, like I'm lying. And I felt, like the worst. Mm-hmm. So you're realizing that you're the worst. At the same time, there are like rumors about you. And I, I hear about them all. The, There's even a whole podcast episode about you and me. Oh my gosh, that I don't want to talk about that podcast. You know, I still haven't listened to it. Okay. Do you actually not want to talk about it? No, uh, no, no. Like, okay. like, I'm just like, ugh. Because yeah, like, like I think that's a testament to the social pressures that I was feeling. Because I'm hearing those rumors too. And and, and s- this podcast was funny because like three people who have never talked to us talking about, talking about us, us for an hour and a half. And and I didn't listen to it, but I would. I mean, and and honestly, that's been happening f- like ever since I came out. There's like people saying things about me that aren't true, and so it was actually very strange because I'm like these rumors are getting back to be about myself and like some of them were just like so off base <laughs> and like, and also I thought there'd be a rumor that you and I were dating at some point, but that never like, happened. We were even trying to plant it. Low key I know. As a joke. Yeah. So we could have like a public breakup or something, but everyone's like, no, <laughs> but the tabloids. people are too smart to see that we, we can be, ever like, be together. <laughs> dialogue journal. Ben and Charlie break up. <laughs> but, but yeah, like I, I, like I was hearing rumors that I was dating people I'd never heard of mm-hmm. and hearing rumors. Were that they cute? I don't know. I've never heard of that. I didn't know who they were. Um, and that was kind of strange because I'm like, okay, well, I, like, again, like, sucks for the person that I'm actually dating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, but then, like, it, it did scare me because I was like, well, I kind of, like, no matter if it is a rumor, like, it's it's pulling into parts of the truth, right? Um, and, and it was scary. Like I just kept feeling stuck and stuck and hypocritical and stuck and guilty and stuck. Those are not good feelings. No. And at the same time with just like me and, and Ryan, that's like, it's like living in a pressure cooker, right? Mm-hmm. Cause he's still, he's like dealing with all of my baggage and still, but, but then like not happy about it. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm lying. And he's like, okay, <laughs> like, what are you going to do with me? Uh-huh. And I was like, I don't know. Um, so then what did you do? You want to know what I did? I do want to know what you did. Well, uh, I know what you did, but you should say what you did. I did something no one's ever done before, Ben. <laughs> um, well, I, I was praying and I was looking for like a way out. And I had a strong feeling that I should tell the truth. Um, go figure, right? <laughs> the, like, like, the, the truth is the right thing to do. Tell the truth. Um, no, but it, it was a really scary truth and it was a scary thing to do because I felt, um, I felt like I should report myself to the honor code mm-hmm. because that's where most of this, like this pinch was coming from. Right. Because like, and this was like totally your idea. Yeah. And uh, I, I think, well, no, like it was collaboration with God. Like, like it really felt inspired because that's not something that was just like floating around in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that floats in the mind of any gay student that's ever been at BYU. Cause right. it's like, 
you don't talk to the honor code, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I felt like this position wouldn't have had really like any of these complications had I not been at BYU. Like mm-hmm. I could have just been like, hey, everyone, like this is where I'm at now. But because I was like, like trying to not lose all my credits mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or like competing at nationals or my scholarships. I feel like the competing at nationals was more important to you than your credits. Like there's nothing that's going to stop me from going to Daytona. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're always like, these are the things that matter to me. Cheer, Cheer. the podcast, <laughs> school. school. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, like it, BYU was the kicker because that was the issue, right? Um, and I was like, I am just going to have to come clean to the university and, and talk to the honor code. And that was really a scary thing to do. And I didn't want you to be involved with that. It actually, you actually did it while I was out of town. Yeah. Like, and, and that was very intentional. I, I waited for that cause I just didn't want you involved at all. Like I wanted this to really be a me thing, like gaining control of my life and just having integrity mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I walked in, I actually took a selfie of myself before I walked <laughs> in. Cause I was like, something's going to happen here. We're going to find out. Um, but I, I had an appointment set up and I reported myself. Mm-hmm. And what, what was that like walking in there? Not knowing what was going to happen. Um, I kind of felt like Esther, <laughs> but maybe it's just cause I really like Esther. <laughs> <laughs> like I love the idea of like a beautiful woman going to like be courageous and save everything. She is one of the Old Testament divas. <laughs> I, I don't quite see the connection, but great. I'm glad that you felt that powerful. I didn't take as long getting ready. I was actually like post practice. Um, Did you ask a bunch of people to fast for you? <laughs> I should have. No, I, I was really scared. But honestly, I was at the point where I was just like, you know what? Where the chips fall is where they fall, mm-hmm. and I'm done lying. Like. I, I don't like lying. Like integrity is something that's really important to me. And I, there was a sense of like spiritual, like a spirituality to it because I really felt prompted. Mm-hmm. And so I knew whatever happened was going to be what was best for me. Yeah. Was there a part of you that was like, God, don't require this of me? There was part of me that was like, God, I wish this wasn't required of me. And, and, you know, it, it wasn't like, I could have just like taken this to my grave. Um, but that's not who I am. Like mm-hmm. that didn't feel good on me. And I, I wanted truth. I wanted honesty. And, you know, like I said, I got into this space to show what it's like to be a gay Latter-day Saint. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't doing that. And I, it was having a negative effect on me and on Ryan and on you Mm -hmm. and on everybody else who was like charged with this secret as it got more salacious. And, but it was also having a negative effect on the whole reason I even came to BYU in the first place, which was to like provide hope and example and, and like an an authenticity that I hadn't had before. And that a lot of people don't have. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Just, I'm done with this. Like, I'm telling the truth. And so I was terrified, but I was confident that I was making the right decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I walked in and I just told everything. I, I, I was like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing this anymore. Here's my life. Here's the complications. Here's everything I've been thinking about. Here's this situation. And um, I remember saying, like, you know, if there's repercussions for me from this, then I deserve them because I've been dating someone Mm -hmm. and I I signed the honor code. I agreed to this. I knew this was in place before I ever like accepted my acceptance (laughs) to the university. Uh Um, And I was like, you know what? I I don't agree with it. I don't agree with these policies, but I did agree to it. And, and I haven't been living in line with that. And I, I, <laughs> I've engaged in, in same-sex romantic behavior. <laughs> I just think that's a really funny term. I'm sorry. Or SSRB. SSRB. Yeah. I've engaged in SSRB. <laughs> um, and Charlie, and, tell me what it was like in that moment when you're like, whatever needs to happen, I'm willing to let it happen. Like, what was that moment like where you're just like, I'm just gonna tell the truth, and you actually told the truth. I think it was definitely like a weight 
like like a weight off experience. At the same time, I just had to like grit my teeth and do it because I didn't want to. And um, it, it it turns out to like to, to my knowledge, no one else has ever self-reported for this before. For um, SSRB. For, for SSRB in the way that I reported it. Um, and so I didn't really know what was going to happen. Um, I, I, I did know that I'd really done the best. I was temple worthy. I was honest with my local ward leadership. I had been praying and, and prayerful and reading the scriptures. And Ryan and I had been reading the scriptures together every night. And like, I was doing this the best way I possibly knew how, mm-hmm. um, except for just that like sheer honesty component that, that I was kind of hiding from because I was scared. Yeah. And then what was it like to get expelled? <laughs> Ask Hermione Granger. <laughs> <laughs> Did she get expelled? No, but but she said we could die or worse. Oh, expelled. Yeah. yeah. That is very funny. Um Um I, I wasn't like I, I, I moved through that process and it was actually um I didn't really have expectations for it. Actually, I guess I did, and they were kind of bad expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was really freeing and we had a really important discussion and um, I, I, like I said, I moved through that process and I, I recommitted. I was like, you know, I, I don't agree with it, but I did agree to it. And I'm, I'm going to like recommit to strive to live by the principles of the honor code, just cause that's what I said I would do. Mm-hmm. And I bit the bullet and I had to do that. And I'm lucky that Ryan was really supportive of that. Like he knew I was going to do this. And, um, it since has put us in a really weird, uh, I mean, possibly even a weirder situation mm-hmm. um, because of just like this. I don't know. You love each other, but you're, yeah, your but relationship's like, different now. Yeah. Um, but it it was a more truthful. It was a more honest situation. Yeah, Charlie, as we're talking, I'm thinking about people who have attended uh, BYU in the past and were dismissed from the university for similar things. Or, you know, what how, what would you say to them? Like, like you, like you were honest and things worked out. And what if people had been honest or got caught and it didn't work out? What can I say? Like, you know, I, I've gotten messages from people a lot who are like, Ben, I was in your same position. I did the same thing. And then this terrible thing happened to me and just realizing like my life is fairly rose colored and I was dealt a, a pretty easy hand. And I think there were people who attended church schools who, who have had very different experiences that like, like you, you did this courageous thing. Like you, you came forward, you, you were, you were honest and then, it, then it worked out. And I'm not sure that's been the same for everybody. And I just want to just give space to people who, who might've had different experiences and who might still be feeling pain from things that happened in the past. Yeah. So, but, but, but I'm grateful that, that you were honest and courageous and that things worked out for you. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. So um, you finally got what you wanted, <laughs> but in a way you never expected. <laughs> That's true. I did not expect this to happen. And, and honestly, like, like, it, like when it all happened, you were like, this is what needs to happen. I was like, oh my gosh, why did we never think about this? Like, of course this is the right thing to do. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm glad when, when the time was right, you, you knew what to do. Yeah. And, and like, I feel like I learned what I was supposed to learn and like, like it was like a really good exercise in faith for me and in life. And I don't know. Yeah. And and like, we don't know what anyone else should or shouldn't do. Oh but. yeah, definitely. Like I, and, and that's another thing. Like I'm not, I don't want to be the standard, right? It's not like Charlie did this and this happened. So that's what I should do. Or Charlie says this, but just like, this is my life. And I felt like I should share it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So what are things like with you and Ryan now? <laughs> um, well, I have a story to illustrate if you're interested. I, I'm mildly interested, but I'm already here, so you can tell it. <laughs> so a few nights ago, we went to Zupa's, mm-hmm. and we got food. We got in like, I don't know if like a fight is the right word, but we just got sad about how difficult this is, mm-hmm. and then we didn't touch each other, and then we went to bed <laughs> in our two different apartments. <laughs> so that's like kind of how things are like right now. That sounds fun. <laughs> uh, what would you say to people who are like, this is tragic. You and Ryan should just be together. Um, it definitely feels tragic. It does. And it's, I don't know, you're asking some heavy hitters. It's, it's hard to watch other people be able to be together and know that just because of who I am and where I'm at, that's not really an option for me right now. Or if it is, it's an option that, 
that discounts the the past almost two years of of work that I've put into something. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it, it feels tragic to me. And what about the flip side? People are like saying Charlie should have had a harsher consequence. He shouldn't be at BYU. He was dating someone while he was there. Um, while representing the university as an athlete. I don't know. It's that's what it's like to be a gay Latter Day Saint. Like I. Like that's that's why I was afraid to say any of this at all because I just feel like I'm just caught right smack in the middle of one of the most polarized spaces. And lots of people are gonna be gonna be mad at you no and matter pe- what. People are gonna be mad either way. And you know what? I'm I'm just doing what I'm trying to do. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just chugging through life and learning. And and if someone's expecting like perfection and punishment, like I I'm not gonna apologize that that wasn't my case. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I don't, I don't know if I have a better answer than that. That's like okay. I, I would hope people would be a little bit more understanding and try to take a walk in my shoes. Yeah. <laughs> as Ben Shalati says in his book. Would you can buy a Deseret book? <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing has been a ploy <laughs> to sell my book. book. <laughs> if Charlie shares his secret relationship, then we can sell Ben's book. <laughs> <laughs> it's a clever ruse. <laughs> No, there's no um, room. There's no room. But yeah, like, I, and I'm still in a weird spot, really. I, I'm I'm in a weird spot, but I'm gonna be, you know, and and I have been, and this this is where I'm at, yeah. and I'm not ashamed of that. So, do you regret the way you've gone about any of this? No, no, I really don't. Like, I, I earnestly feel that I I've tried my hardest, and I've done what I needed to do. I, I think, like, all things considered, I did the right thing. It took a while to figure out what that was for me, but, but I did like, I I feel, um, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of anything I've chosen or or how this has played out. It it is hard and it's a really strange situation, but I really think with like the hand that I've been dealt, I'm doing the best I can with it. Yeah. Okay. And what do you think will happen after graduation? Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm in a strange space right now, or at least maybe strange for people because there's, there's a lot of things that are true. Um, I have a testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am committed to my faith. I cherish the, the promises I've made and like, I want to build Zion and be part of Christ church. And I'm in love with a man and I want to see what it feels like to date him without all of these crazy social restrictions. Like, I just want to see what it's like to have a normal relationship. Mm-hmm. And I don't know exactly what that looks like, but that's the space I'm planning on stepping into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the first time I've ever like given a definitive answer about where my life's going. Mm-hmm. Weird. What's it like for you to share that right now? Mm. It feels the same as this whole recording, like liberating, exciting, exhilarating, scary, Mm -hmm. um, prone to judgment. And I don't think those fears are without grounds. Like a few days ago, I was talking to one of my really good friends. I've, I've known him for years, um, like childhood friends. And I, hadn't he didn't know about any of the situation and I kind of told him I was like hey here's what's been happening and I'm gonna talk about it I'm nervous and like I I was honest you know and after I told him this he just immediately changed the topic of conversation he didn't even he didn't even like acknowledge that I had someone in my life that I cared about mm-hmm. he just glossed over it and was just like oh Uh, that's crazy. How's your mom doing? And he's a member of the church. And I was just like, wow, that hurts. That really hurt because I know that's what happens. Like when who I am is uncomfortable for someone or what my life looks like is uncomfortable for someone, they disengage. Yeah. And and people don't know how to react. It's like, are you happy or are you sad or do you wish things were different? And I think people just often don't know how to react if someone says like, I'm in love with somebody. Well, I think it, it came from a place of discomfort because I'm gay. 
Mm-hmm. And if the somebody was a girl, it would not be the same reaction. And so that has me thinking like, now as I move forward, where's my space in the church? Um, and, and it gives me thoughts like, is Charlie Bird without the mask as valuable to my community as Charlie Bird with Ryan? My testimony is the same. My heart is the same. And, and it, it's just so, like, it just really hurts to think about, like, what happens and what will happen because I, I don't know. And, and, and I so desperately, so desperately want there to be a place where a gay person can go to church and feel accepted and, and feel celebrated and included and loved no matter what their life looks like. And I just don't know if that's the case right now. Mm-hmm. And it breaks my heart. Yeah. That does sound really painful, Charlie. Charlie, you've talked a lot about personal revelation, how you didn't really know how to move forward. And my favorite story about personal revelation from the scriptures is from the book of Ether and the beginning of Ether, where there's all this chaos at the time of the Tower of Babel mm-hmm. and the brother Jared prays and, and the Lord saves them from the chaos. And, and then he goes and prays again and says, God, are you going to take us out of this land? And if you take us out of this land, maybe you'll take us to a good land. And the Lord says, I will take you to a promised land. And then in Ether 2.5, uh, it says that the Lord led them through that quarter of the land that man had never been in before. And I just love that, that their faith and their trust led them to a place that no one's ever been before. And the world you're talking about right now, like the world we're in is, is a world that's never existed before. It's a world where, you know, you want to be openly gay. You want to be in a relationship and you also want to attend church and 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 be part of this community. And, and that, that's, a, that's a new world. And it says after, after that, that, that the Lord uh, led the way and the Lord guided them. Mm. And... And, I like that. Yeah, and and so we like you don't know what's going to happen with your life, but we know that the, that through all this, God's gonna God's gonna guide you, and He'll guide all of us. Yeah. Um, it what you said reminded me of Isaiah fifty eight twelve, which says the Lord will be called the repairer of the breach, and the restorer of paths to dwell in. Mm-hmm. And it, it just kind of reminded me how I like I felt like there was like this breach in my life, and. I turned to God and got this weird answer that I'd never thought of that, that repaired that breach, mm-hmm. right? Like right now I, I feel good with myself. I feel good with God. I feel good with BYU. I'm going to feel good with like my, the public. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and like, unless they'll hate you unless they'll hate me, but I, you know, I did what I had to do. You know, I've that, that breach at least, will become hate instead of hypocrisy. <laughs> I'd rather be hated than a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. That's why, that's why I did it. Um, but, but in the second half, or I guess the second half of that sentence in the verse is the restore of path to dwell in. Right now, I don't know what my path is to dwell in. Um, and I believe that Christ can, can restore it and, and build it out. Um, it's just interesting, I guess, because I feel like a lot of it just will depend on if people are willing to help me find it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, the, the space you're stepping into is, is, is a space a lot of people are stepping into, at least publicly. Like Tom Christofferson said in December 2021 that he was going to start dating, but in like a, in a chaste way. Yeah. Um, David Archuleta said the same thing. And and I got a lot of feedback from people who had like heard about Tom Christofferson, who'd heard about David Archuleta, who were like, why are people date like like why are these gay Latter-day Saints dating men if, if they if they can't get married? Like, like what's the point of this? And so that led me to write a blog post yeah. uh, called I'd I'd rather I'd rather not be single. Just explaining what it's like for, for me to be single. And but at the same time, like like it's a tough space to be in to like actively choose to be single. I'd like to think if I chose to date, I could be successful at it, but who really knows? Oh Ben. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ben. <laughs> Maybe I could be successful. Um, but I just like really feel like I'm doing the right thing for me and living my best life. And like you and your relationship with Ryan and your plan to you know see what that looks like after graduation. Like I don't feel like that's any attack on me or my life mm-hmm. because I feel like I I'm living the life I feel called to live. Yeah. And you know I I'm going on a path that that 
few have walked before, and I don't know what the end is going to look like, uh, but I really do trust that the Lord will be there and that, that he'll guide us to a promised land. Yeah, I do too. And, and I like that you brought that up, that this is, like, I, I have a lot of friends who are, like, in similar positions and, and trying to figure this out. And then Tom and David obviously have been more public and open about it. And that, that feels... I guess at least it feels like I'm not completely crazy, right? Like there's, I'm, I'm happy to be associated with those names and those people that I love and care about. Um, but yeah, like there's, there's not a roadmap and, and maybe there never has been for a gay Latter-day Saint. There's just, mm-hmm. there's not like, there's not like boxes to check. There's not like a way to do it. Um, but it is scary. And, and I hope that that road, that I'm on is going to be met with people who um, are willing to give empathy and grace. And, you know, one, one of the last lines in my book um, was something, something like if you believe there is a place for LGBTQ members in God's church, please help show them where it is. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I feel like if, if people's takeaway from our conversation up till now is, uh, Charlie was dating at BYU and went to the honor code. That's then pretty like, salacious. That's good. That's good it, it is. It is the gossip <laughs> for sure. But I just feel like that's totally missing the point because like for me, that wasn't the point for me. The point was I am gay and I have faith in Jesus Christ and I have no idea what to do. Mm-hmm. And I want to do the right thing. I want to be good, but I don't know what to do. And, and it's just so much harder when when that situation is met with ridicule or judgment or discomfort or disengagement, mm-hmm. which is honestly mostly what I run into. Yeah. Can I say something really weird? Yeah. Um, I don't know what your future looks like in the church, but like if you ever were to leave the church officially or have your records removed, I would be first in line to want to rebaptize you. I just like really want to be part of a church that you're part of. And, and I feel like not enough people care about us enough to want to want us to be part of the church. And, um, and, and people just misunderstand us so much. I mean, how often do we get told like, why don't you just marry a woman? Like, like, why don't you, why don't you just do this? And I feel like people really don't, don't understand what it's like to be us. And so I'm, I'm really just grateful that you're, that you're being so open and vulnerable to, to, to share that because I think people need to understand a lot more. And, uh, and I'm just really glad that you're putting yourself in the crosshairs again so that people can understand. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. That was a weird thing to say. <laughs> I know. It was a thought that came to my head. <laughs> well, you know, and like I, I, I felt like counter-transference to that thought for a couple of reasons. Like the first is you say, like, if you ever decide to leave the church, I'm like, that doesn't like feel like an option for me. Like, that's not what I want at all. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not looking for a loophole out. I'm looking for a loophole in. And I think that's what, so many gay Latter-day Saints are like, they're treated as like, you know, like wary down the past, but like we're fighting to stay in this mm-hmm. and there are ways out and there are like even excused ways out that people will be like, Oh, you know what? That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But like, that's not what I want. That's not what we want. We want to make this work. Um, and just like, it, it was really sweet when you said like, I want to be a part of a church you're a part of. Um, I wish other people wanted that too. Mm-hmm. Gosh. I wish other people wanted that too. And I don't know how we're going to, I don't know how that's going to come to fruition. Well, there's one thing I believe very strongly. Like my favorite quote is from the Lorax, and it's, unless, <laughs> I, sorry. <laughs> it's a good book. But. <laughs> Stop, stop laughing. It's a good quote. It's been an emotional night for me, okay? (laughs) Well, let me just share the quote, okay? Uh, The quote is, unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing's going to get better. It's not. And that just, like, speaks to, like, our agency to, like, make something better. Uh, But also, I have this firm, deep belief in the scripture I share all the time, which is Doctrine and Covenants 123.17. It says, where Joseph wrote, uh, Dearly beloved brothers and sisters, let us cheerfully do all things that lie in our power, Mm. and then may we stand still with the utmost assurance to see see the salvation of God and for his arm to be revealed. Like, in the end, if if the church becomes what it's going to be, it's really not because of us. Like, we have agency. We can work in our sphere of influence. In the end, like, this is God's work. And if God wants us in the church, he's going to work to, to make the place for us. Yeah, that's nice. 
that's faithful. Mm -hmm. And maybe he'll use us as pawns. Well, I'm sick of everyone else using me as a pawn. I guess that's what we got. <laughs> like, if I'm a chess piece, I hope it's God moving me around the board. Ben, can I tell you something? You just told me a ton. <laughs> of course you can. But I do need to go to bed at some point. <laughs> um, I am really grateful for you. <laughs> like, I really am. Like, in the past, I don't know, however long we've known each other, four years, you have been someone who has been an example of love and kindness and Christ-like goodness. And, like, I, I watch you. I know you maybe better than anyone else in this space. And I just watch the way you support people and you don't judge people and you're not jealous of anyone else's path. And, and I'm just like, I don't think I'd be able to do any of this if I didn't have you. And I'm just really grateful for That's you. so kind, Charlie. And now I'm crying again. This is so annoying. Well, I've actually thought so like, embarrassing. like if you like decide to not do the podcast, like I don't even know how to do the stuff. I don't, I don't even know how to upload it. So, uh, so that, like, that's I, all I am is a password. I, I literally couldn't do this without you. Um, but no, I'm just, I mean, like we were meant to do this together. Like people ask like what our relationship was like. And we always say mission, mission companions. companions. And that's, that's exactly how it feels. Yeah. So. Yeah. I love you. I love you too. In a platonic way. And, and I love Ryan. And you love Ryan, too. I do love Ryan. Ryan's a very good guy. And we guy. love sound guy Mike. <laughs> He's awesome, We right? love everyone who's listening to this. I, I do, in some way, love everyone who's listening. Anyway, but just, like, final thoughts. Thanks for listening. Thanks for making this it this far. And hopefully this um, was beneficial for someone because I just really felt like I needed to share. Yeah. And also, also the camera that faces straight on, I my nose looks very large from the side, so... You're welcome. <laughs> well, yeah. we're going to go. So we'll do the outro. I don't remember. I have to read it. Is that all right? I want to see if I remember it. Okay, okay. You go ahead. Thank you for joining us today. If you have enjoyed this or other episodes, please consider leaving a review, following us on Instagram or Facebook at Questions from the Closet, or sharing this podcast or this video with someone you love. And as always, please remember that we do not represent the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or Brigham Young University. We are not trying to be prescriptive or tell anyone what to think or what to do. You heard two perspectives and there are many, many more. If you would, we, we encourage you to listen to other voices and hear a wide variety of experiences. If you have a question, if you'd like, if you have, to, if you'd like to submit a question or have a comment about this episode, or share a comment. I don't really want too many comments about this episode, actually. <laughs> yeah. However, if you would like to submit a question or share a comment about today's episode, you can email us at questionsfromthecloset at gmail.com. Until next time.